Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Good morning to you as we kick off a new week in a still feels like a new year. Or, oh yeah, last week of January. It so feels like I've been in this year for a year. Really? Yes. It feels really? like it's been 2024 for as long as I can remember. But see, for me, it's, it's, qu- it's like qu- quick. I mean, quick. But it doesn't mean yeah. that it's been bad. The weeks are flying. It's like I'm, it's the end of January. Yeah. I'm not saying it's been a bad month. It's not. It's been a great <laughs> month. But it just feels like 2024 has been happening for quite a while now. You know, the new year, new new you. That's yeah. That's kind of been the thing. Yeah. I feel like for this studio, it's like new year, new lights. Because walking in the studio this morning. <laughs> whew, yeah. Did it freak you out a little bit? The lights. We went from... Kind of a, you know, like a warm. Yeah, kind of like sun sunset light yeah, type that, of deal. That's the, what do you call it? The different. Vintage, <laughs> Vintage yeah. light, yeah. Kind sure. of had that, like that filter, like a little yes. bit of a yellow tone. Uh-huh. And then they've been slowly switching out the lights to this pure white. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's better for, for the cameras, which yeah. I'll, give me a second and I'll tell you about those as <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. But it definitely felt different coming in this morning. Oh, new yeah. year, new lights. It's yeah, it crazy. certainly does. We had the the lights changed in, in our room, the control room mm-hmm. here uh, a little while ago. So it doesn't take too terribly long to get used to, but it is your first day. So Yes, first day back with the new lights. And cameras are coming. Yes. Boom crew. Oh. That's a fun, exciting announcement. We've got we've got cameras that have been in our studio for some time. Yes. But it has been challenging to get them up and running. That's oh, right. Yeah. But hopefully in the next couple months, you're gonna be seeing a lot more of the team. Of us than you a ever lot. have before. <laughs> or wanted to. Or yeah, yeah. Maybe you didn't want to, and I'm sorry about that. Maybe you didn't want to, but this I see this little guy, this little camera over here is... Oh, there's one there? Yeah. Oh, that, nice. that one moved from the post yeah. now down to the table. Yeah. That's I'm right. I'm not crazy about that angle, though. I think that one's uh, a Carl Carl's, angle. It was his request. Yes. Do you know, if we really want to maximize angles and cameras... Yes. Do you know who we need to get in the studio? Mm, no. A 15-year-old girl. <laughs> You're not no wrong. one knows how to maximize angles on camera. Have you seen these girls when they when they go to take pictures together? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't someone's know, I'm holding like, up the camera, you know, at about a forty-five degree angle above their head. So right. Absolutely. They've all got their chin <laughs> tilted just so. Everybody kind of does a little hip pop. And a little lip poke, and then they all take a a, a, a selfie or a ussy, whatever. An ussy? Uh-huh. Whatever it is when there's Ugh. more than one person. Right. It's a selfie. You talk about angles. I'm like, can can you teach me something? Because if someone says smile, it's time to take a picture. I know. <laughs> they, they, rock, high school girls turn into like rocket scientists when it comes to like camera angles and lighting and things like they're, that. They're Don't climbing up on things to get the right angle. They're going down really low on the sidewalk, like yeah. to up at their friends yes. so they can. I don't understand it. Can can we get one of you in here to help us? Because we want to we want to have our best <laughs> best foot forward. <laughs> Lots of updates for That's you this good. morning. I want to ask you a question though. Do you have things in your closet right now that you no longer wear? You know you're not going to wear it again, but you've held on to it. Hmm. Tell me, what is it? What is that item of clothing in your closet? Doesn't fit. 
It is maybe not even in style anymore, but you just won't let it go. What is that for you? <laughs> Text us 312-274-9624. Everything you need to start your day right. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, thank you, 4016, for admitting that you still have some Tommy Hilfiger designer jeans. I remember when those had well, a little moment. There you go. Tommy Hilfiger. Remember when that uh, that was the thing? And then it, it was that kind of American flag-ish looking logo. With it the, still is. Is yeah. it still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. What about a black jumpsuit? It's nine years old. It's my favorite, but I won't wear it again. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Well, I love it. We have this thing sometimes where we have clothes that we just won't get rid of. Like I have a shirt that I kind of knew when I bought it that it wasn't really me. Sure. And still it hangs with tags on in my closet. And every time I see it, I think I should probably get rid of this because it's it's just not my style at all. It's sure. this sort of kind of a floral print like tank toppy thing. I, I don't really wear a lot of tank tops and I don't wear a lot of floral print. Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I holding on to this? You see, for me, I have a hard time contributing to this conversation. And the reason is not because I don't get rid of stuff, but because I always wear stuff past when I should be wearing them. So I don't hold anything in my closet not wearing it. But sometimes, like, I'll get a hole in a t shirt and I'm like, Oh, it's like on the bottom. I'll just put a hoodie over it and then we're good. And it's fine. It's fine. I can use it still. Okay. And I'm like, I'm using things past when I should be using them. Okay. Well, that's, well, you, know, you know, frugality, okay. I guess. That's exactly. I'm like, why spend money on another shirt when this one will work just fine? Fair. Yeah. Fair. Coming up, I'm going to ask Super Die. Super Die. You she know co- she's got She collected stuff. some clothes. I, I just I just know. I don't even know where to start. That, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, ask Super Die what she's been holding on to and is maybe a little slow to let go of. I'm going to open the phone lines uh, on this one, though. We'll have a little fun this morning. Tell me about that item of clothing, particularly if it's from a different era. You have something, a classic piece. It is out of style. It is from, I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, anyone? What is that item of clothing that you just won't let go of? 312-274-9624. Need a wake-up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. So what is it? What is that article of clothing that you've hung on to? You you just can't let it go. Super Die, you got some uh, things hanging around that <laughs> you don't even know where to begin. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you guys think I have got bins of concert T-shirts Ooh. from way back in the day. Um, I have got costumes that I will never, ever, <laughs> ever <laughs> wear kind of again. costumes like... Like, oh, what the fringe, the 70s fringe, that kind of thing happening, hanging off of them. Okay. The pants have the fringe or the cut open on the sides kind of thing. Because these are costumes. Um, I do have this really silvered from a Elvis Presley tap thing kind of we did. Oh, wow. It's a silver, I mean, sequined jacket. You could probably see me from space. <laughs> and I still have this jacket going I love on. It. Um, I have a pair of candies. People will know what candies are. Oh, uh, what are the, candies? What were candies? It's a shoe. shoe yes, line. yes, yes. I do remember the And candies. they were like a platform with the heel mm-hmm. kind of thing. Wore those all over the place. I will never wear those again. It's... Ever. <laughs> Ever. So, uh, so we're going to be talking uh, these next couple days. We're going to talk a lot about clothes because it, it, it links so well to a passage of scripture that may be familiar to you. And Colossians 3 that talks all about what you put off. 
and uh-huh. what you put on. And so here's the the interesting thing. We tend to hold on to clothes that don't fit anymore, clothes that maybe you're out of style, clothes that we know we won't wear again. That's a common thing. Most people probably mm-hmm. only wear a fraction of what's actually in their closet. You go to the same tried and true pieces you never make it to like the back half no (laughs) but yet you won't give it away no right yeah if you actually stripped down what you put on each day my guess is the average person would probably probably only wears about 40 to 50 percent of what they own that's very true yeah assuming Mm -hmm. again i will assuming a a western sort of kind of hang on to things sort of mindset. I'm very aware that there are places where people don't have the luxury of hanging on to old item of clothing, but there's something about, there's some comfort, I think in old clothing, it makes us feel nostalgic about another time in our life. Or maybe you hung, hang on to a piece that's sort of aspirational. Like there was a time in my life, pre-children ladies, (laughs) when I could fit this and maybe there will come a time when, <laughs> lo and behold, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to fit into this again. It, we have these kind of things attached yeah. to clothing. Yeah. Did you know that sometimes we can have an attachment to old patterns of living? Let's call it what it is, to sin. Yeah. doesn't fit our new life in Christ, but yet we won't let it go. What about that? Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. There are some things that need to go. There's some closet cleanouts that need to happen. Yeah, you might have a closet that's too full. You might have clothes you need to get rid of. But more importantly, there's some sin maybe in your life that needs to go. It does not fit your new life in Christ. I want to read to you out of Colossians 3, starting with verse 2. It says, set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Let's stop there because this is an important baseline for this whole discussion. This is Paul speaking to the church in, Col- I always can't ever say this. Is Colossae. Colossae. Yeah. The, let's go with the Colossians church. I like it. It's a little bit easier. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. That has to be the baseline, that you have died, your life is hidden with Christ in God, period. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. And then when it starts talking about behavior, you have to get the identity piece in order first. So that's where we we start. You have died. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. That's true for the church, the Colossians. That's true for you who are in Christ. You have died. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. We got it? Got it. Okay. (laughs) Verse four, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also, you also will appear with him in glory. Here we go. Verse five, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. This is a long passage, and we're going to spend the next couple days really hanging out in Colossians 3. 
But have you noticed the use of the words put off? Hmm. Okay. So for the Christ follower, you, me, those who have died and our life is now hidden in Christ, hidden with Christ in God. Remember that baseline? Mm -hmm. These are instructions for us, the believer. This is not to the unbeliever who's struggling with these things. This is to the believer who, like someone who's holding on to a closet full of clothes that don't fit them anymore, is holding on to behaviors that do not fit, do not line up Hmm. with their new life in Christ. I want to focus on this first list, which is kind of sins of desire. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Here they are, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Hmm. Are you holding on to any of those? I'm not going to, I don't want to do a deep dive. Honestly, I don't want to do a deep dive on this list of sin. I don't. No. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. No. But to be honest, do I do we do we really need to? No. No. Like if you <laughs> I think we know what it covers. Like not much needs to be said. But are you holding on to this stuff hmm. from your old life, those ways that you once walked in, it says, the way you once lived? Are you trying to bring old clothes from your old life into your new identity in Christ? Because here, the problem is it won't it won't fit. And then it, Paul even says, in on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. That's a serious warning. Mm-hmm. That if these are sins that are that are deserving of the wrath of God. We don't want to hold on to things that don't fit us anymore. So really very simple takeaway this morning. This is your, you've been asking God for some sort of a sign. You've been wrestling with some sort of sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. This is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord for you today. Put to death, put it to death. Let's talk about how to do that coming up because I want to go back to the identity in Christ. This is not going to be you strong arming your way out of sin. There's a better way. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, it's easy to look ahead to what you'd like to see in your future, what your plans you'd like to make, what goals you have. But sometimes we are bogged down, down, not by what we're looking forward to, but what we're holding on to from our past. What is it that you need to put off? Like a per shirt or a pair of pants that do not fit anymore, that need to be donated, need to be put in that bag that goes to Salvation Army. There's some stuff that's got to be cleaned out of our life if we're going to really walk strong in Christ. There's there's probably no limit to the number of things that could be on this list, but Paul, I'm I'm focusing on these these five that kind of fall into sort of de- the desire category: passion, a sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. I got a question about that word. Uh, many translations just use the word greed, greediness. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did a quick uh, definition of, out of like the Strong's uh, concordance. I'll give that one to you coming up. And we'll talk about how to put to death this stuff that sometimes feels like it clings to us. 
helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. A couple things I want to get to you. You've been asking about this word, covetousness, greed. Uh, got a couple more little notes on that. Desire for advantage. I think that's a good way. There's yeah. sometimes our covetousness, is our, our desire to have an advantage over somebody, over mm. something, It greed. And then it says, which is idolatry. So we want what's not ours. Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> and, hold it to such a level of importance that it's considered sin. So I, this is this conversation, just straight up talking about sin, is not like the most fun thing to talk about. No. No. Not at all. <laughs> so like, like, what do I... What do I do with this? Because this is this is heavy duty. But I I really think that sometimes you just need to be reminded of really simple truths. Absolutely. I think when you brought up because when you were reading through Colossians and you were like, you know, who is this being addressed to? It's being addressed to children of God, believers, those who are hidden in Christ or I, I don't know exactly how that verse goes, but yeah. can you repeat it? Yeah, let me give you the passage again. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Did you want to go back? Did you want? Me- yeah, just to those who are hidden in Christ Jesus, I yep. I, I think that part specifically, it. reading it, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah, that's to believers. But when you stopped and addressed, you're like, this is not to unbelievers. This is to believers who have sin that they're not letting go of. It was kind of a a moment of like, oh yeah, you're right. That is to believers because we do have the tendency to hold on to old sin or to go back to old sin to kind of pull it out of the closet every now and then and try it on again. And God wants something better for us. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Until we get to that perfected state, there is this battle with sin. Now, we have, as Christ followers, our slavery, because there was a time that we were all enslaved to Mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. We did not have the power to cut ties with things that, even if we didn't enjoy sin, We didn't have the power to cut ties with it. It's only in Christ when we have that new identity and that curse of sin, that slavery to sin is broken, then we do definitively have the power to break ties with sin. Yep, absolutely. You have the power, not because of anything that you can do in your own strength, but because the power of Christ The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and is in me. Therefore, we have power over sin. We are not victims of the wrath of sin and the ravages that it can do in our life. We have the power to live better. And every time we talk about something like this, and I, you know, Carl is so good on this. He has his, one of the big chapters in his book is about killing sin. Yeah. So I, I, I'm looking forward to have him, having him weigh in on this uh, when he's back. But it's so important to be reminded that that power is available to us. I want to read one more verse to you that I'll grab coming up that kind of gives you a little bit more of the practical, well, well, how, if I'm struggling with greed or these desires that are, man, they're dark, this passion, this impurity, this sexual immorality, how do I get over this stuff? One more verse for you coming up. 
your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. The thing about these particular sins is that they live a lot of times in the shadows of our life as as Christ followers. These aren't these are ones that maybe we even struggle to ask for prayer for because to admit that you are struggling yes. with sexual immorality or impurity or greed or lustful desires, some sort of passion, those aren't easy to talk about, right? No, no, not at all. And so they can kind of stay hidden. I, t- I promised you another verse because I think that this one is helpful in the sort of instructional, well, how do I put this to death? It's actually maybe simpler than you might realize. Romans 6, 13 and 14 says this, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. How are you showing up today? Are you presenting your body, your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness? Are you presenting yourself to be used for unrighteousness? Or are you presenting yourself to God as imperfect as you are, as someone who's been brought from death to life? Hmm. I'm ready to be used for righteousness. I'm showing up today, presenting myself (laughs) to be used for righteousness. Or am I presenting myself as an instrument for unrighteousness? I mean, we have to take ownership of, of, of this, right? Yeah, yeah you're right. This is kind of where that, that, that quote that Carl uses often, I think it might be Dallas Willard, that grace is not op- opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Exactly. There's, there's an effort required here on our part of not continuing to present members of my body, parts of my body as instruments for unrighteousness, mm-hmm. but saying, nope. I'm going to present myself to God as one who's been brought from death to life. I'm showing up to be used for righteousness today. I'm an instrument of righteousness. I'm not going to be an instrument for unrighteousness today. Absolutely. I I love the point about effort. You know, it it does take effort. God wants us to use effort. You know, I think about Joseph uh, and Potiphar's wife. You know, he ran away from her, ran from her. He didn't say, Oh God, I don't want to sin against you, but I'm going to stay right here, you know, because, because it's all up to you, God. And it is all up to God, but God gave him the wisdom and the power to run away. Yeah. And, There's and he power did that. In fleeing. There's power in fleeing. So don't, don't think that just because we live by grace and by God's strength alone, that he doesn't give us the strength to put in some effort. To flee from temptation, to yep. resist the devil. Yep. Let me read it to you in this other translation. I think I like this translation even better. It says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. That's out of Romans 6. I want to get these verses for you. I'll, I'll, I'll put these up on Facebook and Instagram so that you can refer back. Coming up, though, we have special guests, Dave and Ann Wilson. As we think about what we want to carry on, put off and carry on, we're going to talk about this as it pertains to marriage with Dave and Ann Wilson. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. 
We've got marriage coaches with us this morning, Dave and Ann Wilson. 2024, I mean, now is always a good time to work on your marriage, right? (laughs) I mean, there's never a bad time. Uh, Ann, I'll start with you. Talk to the couple that is just needing some support and going, yeah, I mean, things are okay, but it could always be better. Uh, What's your advice for really heading into this new year? Not just same old, same old, but really trying to take some new ground. You know, we've been talking about that a lot lately. And part of that is you come into a new year and you do have some goals because honestly, in marriage, I think we get tired. We get tired because, you know, culture's crazy. We've got a lot going on with our kids and our jobs. Grandkids. Yeah. And it's just easy to put marriage on a back burner. So one of the things that we've been talking about lately is we all have these levels of communication. If you start at a one, it's like just cliche. You know, we stay at that surface level. But Dave and I have this goal, this is one of the things we're talking about, to go deep into this level five of this is what scares me, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm struggling with. But a lot of times we don't do that because we veg out at night because we're so tired. And so we've been really trying to put on the table the things that we've been struggling with Mm. or dealing with even personally and talking about those because that's what marriage, we're supposed to do that. And it brings this intimacy into marriage that's really needed. And it's not that we don't watch some great Netflix thing or whatever. Yeah. But we're trying to take some more time just to go to that level five of like, how are you really doing? And and I'm going to add on to that too. Praying together is just huge for us. And this year we're doing a one-year Bible together. Like we read it separate, but we'll talk about, hey, what do you think today? So Ann just took mine. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Go ahead. Do yours. (laughs) Well, Dave, can I ask you a (laughs) follow-up question? I want you to speak to the men here because Level five communication, and I'm not going to assume that all men are the same as my husband, but I know that (laughs) my husband doesn't like love sitting down and and just and just talking. In fact, sometimes when I say, hey, let's uh, let's just sit out and talk, he gets kind of this tear in the headlights like, what do you want to talk about? Like that's. Maybe that's something that comes generally more naturally to women. Like, let's sit down and connect and really talk. How can you get men kind of united around this idea that, yeah, let's go deeper in our conversation. Let's really spend some time talking. That's good, Allie. Well, I am like your husband. when, (laughs) When Ed says, let's talk, especially about our relationship, I think I'm in trouble. Yeah. You know, I think if we got to talk about it, something's wrong. What did I, I do? Live by, hey, <laughs> let's not talk about it. And then we can pretend we're all good. But I've learned after 40 some years of marriage, level five, I think is scary for both men and women, but it definitely for me, because it means I'm going to share, you know, fears and weaknesses and something I'm struggling with that nobody knows. And yet I've also known when I have the courage and it takes courage as a guy to go there. It may not for women, but does for guys to say, okay. I'm going to go to a place I don't often say out loud to anybody, but man, I've realized I need a couple guys in my life I can go to level five with, and I need to go there with Anne, and she's my partner. And I find when I do that, and again, it's not easy, but when I go there and trust God, like I'm going to share something that may not, you know, I don't want to say from the stage in a sermon, but I'm going to say to my, my partner in life, here's what I found out. She feels loved just by me having the courage to open up my heart and say, I'm going to let you in somewhere that nobody else gets to see. And I hope that you'll respond in a way that makes me want to, you know, pull closer to you rather than farther away. 
she falls deeper in love with me when I go there. So it's a really great move for your marriage. But Allie, I've gotten a little smarter as I've gotten older. Okay. A lot smarter. <laughs> Instead of just being a general question, like, how are you doing? Uh-huh. What I've been doing lately is just, I'm really curious about this with Dave. Tell me about your family of origin. Like, what was it like for you as a kid, you know, when this happened? And that gives him an anchor to grab onto that he can talk about that. And I feel I find it really interesting because our past really does affect our present. Jesus heals us, but he also uses a spouse to help do that. Wow. So specific questions rather than just, hey, just tell me how you're feeling or doing overall, which maybe are more intimidating. Yes. That's good stuff. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. She is a master at that. No. Oh, yeah. She she asks great questions. I watch her do it with other people and with women. But, you know, I'm not going to go there just by on my own. But if she draws it out, I'll go there. And I would just say this to the wives. If your husband shares something that you can tell is a little risky for him or he's uncomfortable sharing it, don't criticize it. Don't go, that's all you got or... Mm-hmm. You call that hard to share? I mean, encourage it. Thank him for sharing because if you, you know, criticize it, he's going to pull right back in. He's going to pull his head in like a turtle and say, I'm not going out there again because she didn't respond to that. But if you affirm him and thank him and say, man, that must have been hard to share. Thanks for sharing that. It'll it'll open him up even more, and I think there'll be deeper intimacy that comes into your marriage. And that's Dave, true for women, too. Dave and Ann Wilson, our guests this morning. Sorry, Ann, didn't mean to cut you off. I've been uh, checking out your Facebook page, and you guys posted a graphic. Uh, I'll give you a reminder as to what's on it in case you've forgotten. But you posted something uh, in and out, a list of things to hold on to uh, in your marriage this year, and a thing, it's some things to let go of. I'm just going to read the list, and then I'm going to ask you each to pick one uh, to comment on. So holding on to dating your spouse, positive affirmations, praying together, healthy conflict, and patience. We're getting rid of, letting go of, keeping record of wrongs, complaining, lack of intimacy, being easily angered, and self-seeking. And I want to start with you. Uh, Pick one on the in or out list and, and just share your heart on it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to do both. Uh, I'm going to do two outs. Okay. record of wrong and complaining because I can, I don't know if anybody else does this, but I can get in my head. And when it says in the scriptures to take your thoughts captive, if we don't do that, I can be complaining in my head and out loud. And so and I think they go together, keeping no record of wrong. It's easy to do that. Like, well, he didn't do that and he didn't do that. Yeah. And why is he doing that again? And so I think for me, I want to take those thoughts captive and I want to be able to praise, see the things that he's doing right instead of complaining and thinking about the things he's doing wrong. And that takes self-discipline. It takes God's spirit helping us create new neurological pathways of seeing the good rather than the bad. Yeah, that's good. Dave, you need any refresher or you got yours in mind that you want to comment on? Yeah, I got mine. Um, I would say my in is praying together. One of the things we shared this in our vertical marriage book and our small group video, but it's a long story, but here's the short. After a long weekend years ago where I spoke to the Lions at Chapel, we had a game. I preached five times that weekend at my church. So I come home Sunday night and I'm exhausted and I'm crawling in bed and (laughs) Ann says to me, Man, I sure wish the guy who led our church lived here. Oh. 
Ouch. And I looked at her, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And I don't know why she said it, but she was like, you know, I watched you this morning preaching at church, and you're a fire, and you're zealous and passionate, and you pray, and you cast vision, and you come home, and that's gone. You're just tired, and you don't lead here like you lead there. I got, mm. I'd love to tell you, I went, man, I need to hear that. That was a good, I <laughs> I lost it. You know, it was 1130 at night. Bad I'm like. timing on my part. I mean, I said something to the effect of, let me tell you, I know the men at this church, and I'm I'm so much better than all those guys. You got a good husband. All, all I'm saying is this. That wasn't the best way to say it. But the next day, as I sat with God and thought, you know, is she right? I realized she was right. I lead strong outside the home. I'm tired inside the home. And it was like a moment for me to just go, you know what, God, dude, step up. As a dad, as a husband, as a man of God, I need to walk in my house and I need to, you know, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Every guy is, every woman is. But you know what? These are my disciples. My wife and my boys are more important than anything I'm doing outside the home. And so I need to bring the energy into my marriage and my, uh, and as a dad that I bring outside the home. And so I would just say to guys, make this do your, you pray with your wife, even a simple move like that out loud once a day, it'll take you less than a minute. Probably it could change everything. David Ann Wilson, uh, so great to have you on with us this morning. If you want more where that came from, you can listen to uh, Family Life Today, weekdays at 11 o'clock right here on Moody Radio. David Ann, thanks for the time this morning. You can also connect with them on Facebook. Just search Dave Ann Wilson. You'll find uh, some fun pictures of his time with the Lions. And then also that graphic I referenced, that in-out list that's on there as well. Just go to Facebook if you're a Facebook user. Just search Dave Ann Wilson. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. feel like giving away a prize pack this morning. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, Carl. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Carl, <laughs> nobody gives away more prize packs than Carl. I know. Remember that day he gave away like 20 yeah, so oh, it was everybody who called in because he he gave away a few prize packs to like some first time callers or something, and then he he got excited and he just kept going. People kept calling, and he goes, "You know what? You're gonna get a prize pack too. You know what? <laughs> You're gonna get a prize pack. <laughs> you it. get a car. You get a car. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, here are the parameters of this little prize pack giveaway. I got to get some text messages on this one. I want to find out who in the boom crew has an item of clothing that is the oldest. You have had a piece of clothing in your closet for how many years? It dates back to when? Maybe it's a leather jacket that you bought when you were 16 and you're now 70. Tell me, I want to hear about that piece of clothing that you still have from decades ago. Who has the oldest item of clothing still in their possession? You have to know where it is. That's the that that's the rule here. You have to know <laughs> where like it that. is. You okay. have to actually possess it. It's somewhere in your home where you could identify it. You could go to it right now. It could be boxed up. Super die, you said you got boxes of stuff. Bins, yes. Bins of oh, stuff. Yeah. Let's get text messages on this and we'll go through them. What is that article of clothing, that item that you've held on to for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? 
Give us a text on this one. You know what? I'll take a couple phone calls on this one, too. You got to if there's a story that goes along with it, give us a call. Otherwise, just text 312-274-9624. What have you been hanging on to? It might win you a prize today. 312-274-9624. No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, Boom Crew, I think we're all a bunch of pack rats. Because we're holding on to some things from (laughs) days of old. I asked you this question. Uh, What is that oldest article of clothing that you still have in your possession? I'm seeing some trends here. Letterman jackets. Letterman jackets. Those get held on to. A prom dress from 1986 that I had put on layaway and proudly paid off. Mm. Oh, someone who has a dicky. One of those, uh, is that one of those? Do they even fake, make those? Was that fake what, like the fake turtleneck? Yeah, where it I had think the, so. It had like the turtleneck, but only the turtle. Only the neck. <laughs> only the neck part. Yeah. Without like the a rest square the... you can see underneath the other shirt. Very strange. So funny. What do you got, Young Thunder? Uh, this oh. one is interesting because you said, you know, there's a lot of Letterman jackets and things like that. Someone said my high school gym uniform from 1982. Like the wow. shirt in the shorts that they made you run in. Like, Oh, as that's a, kind of fun. As a teenager, that was the most rancid, stinkiest thing that really? ever existed. Well, yeah, because like I, <laughs> like most boys, rarely ever brought them home. So Ooh. if this was a boy, like it's probably pretty yeah. stinky. Okay. So oh, those are that's kind of fun. That old gym uniform. Old gym uniform. Yeah. A sweater that I knit by myself when I was twenty-one. I held on to it for forty-four years now. Forty-four wow. twenty-one. Okay. And I, how about this one? Seventy forty-five. I have a nineteen eighty-six airbrushed jean jacket i remember when airbrushing things was really popular yes i mean i don't those companies were really making a lot of money that would airbrush like somebody's name oh really i did my own oh of course you did yeah of course diana did because why wouldn't she she probably had all the equipment and somebody paid her i rocked out mine man totally (laughs) i have shoes from 1990 and a bathing suit from 1989. Oh, no. oh, 0070, a dress from when I was a newborn. It's in my closet with my daughters. I'm 47 okay. years young. A prom dress from 92. Yes. A blue jean jacket from 77. I still wear it for yard work, says 2142. <laughs> Someone so. said, I have a 1968 University of Wisconsin football jersey that I still wear. We went 0-10 that year. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, a movie theater ticket taker red sport coat. Oh, fun. From 1991. Yeah, I love that. Fun. A couple of leather leather jackets from the both given by husbands that are still held on to a Swedish a sh- Swedish sweater. Okay. okay. Say Swedish sweater three no. times. That is a tongue <laughs> twister, Swedish sweater. I'll let you do it. Oh boy. I'm trying to think if I have I can't think of anything that I've held on to for that. Long, I, I you know I you do had to have move so much though. I I do have a hat that was sewn. It's a it's a denim hat. It was sewn by my grandmother, my yaya, my Greek grandmother. There you go for my dad when he was a kid, oh. and he passed it on to me. So that thing has got to be forty years old, probably forty fifty. It yeah, predates yeah. me. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. But I still have it, and it was it, she she made it. It was like a, a little a bucket hat. It's probably back nah. in style now. But now that yeah, I think about it, I probably could See? wear it. 
Young Thunder, you're not really old enough to have vintage anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, don't be sorry. I'm okay with it. You're okay with that. I don't there well, it was funny because when we were kind of going over the things that we've kept, Diana was like, You don't have like anything from your childhood? I said, No, I don't have anything well, your from parents my childhood. Probably do. I don't know if they do. I'm they, sure they, they do. do. Yes. They I'm, definitely I'll have do. to ask. We'll see. You're just not old. They might have my birth certificate. They haven't given it to you I, yet. I hope they have your birth certificate. You're not supposed <laughs> to you have those things. <laughs> like, wait a minute. You definitely need to save those documents, Young Thunder. Oh. You'll need them. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, how will I know if I really exist? I promised a couple. Uh, uh, I'm going to do two Carl and Crew prize packs. We will this fun let you know by text message if you have uh, won the prize. But wow, these are really, really cool. Leather knee high boots. Whoa. Wedding dress from 1980, a Walter Payton jersey that one day I may fit into. (laughs) An Afghan that's 47 years old, a neighbor made it for my daughter. Wow. Beautiful. You know, there's these nostalgic kind of you hold on to because you just it reminds you of a of a time in your life, or or maybe you 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 pull out that wedding dress and you think, wow, what a day that was. You know, there's some things that you hold on to that are great. But there are things that we hold on to as followers of Christ that we have to let go of. There's no nostalgia there. Uh, There's no good memories there. We've got to get these things out of our closet for good. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. It is no secret, Carl is all about just radically transforming your life so you can serve God better. His book, The Seven Resolutions, talking about joining God, thinking the truth of God, killing sin, choosing good friends, taking risks, uh, focusing effort, and redeeming time. Well, Carl is just, again, all about serving and discipleship and getting these into your life and having you grow. Well, he's got a webinar coming up this Thursday, this Thursday, February 1st, and his guest with this webinar is none other than uh, Dr. Mark Joe, president of the Moody Bible Institute. So you've got two powerhouses on this webinar this Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Join Carl and yes, Dr. Mark Job. You want the details to register? You can just text the word web, text that word web, and we'll get all the info to you. The word is web and the number is 312-274-9624, 312-274-9624. Just text the word web. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.